Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Koontz. This sermon is entitled, A Day of Rejoicing, and it originated from the pulpit of Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church back on May 17th of 2020. Now, of course, as we do every week, we want to invite you to visit us here in Kansas City on 310 Randolph Road. That's just right around Clay Como here in the Northland. Once again, though, here we pass it on to Pastor Philip Koontz. Let's now turn to the book of Psalms as we read Psalm 116, verse 15. And let's please stand to honor the reading of his word, if you can. If you can't, that's okay. Too. Psalm 116, it's very simple, very clear. It says this, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Pastor Wild, would you have us read that? We'll see you in a moment. I've been to many family reunions throughout my Youth throughout my life. I've been to many family reunions. I have. Now, maybe you have too. You know, I'm talking about all the family reunions I've been to, and I've been to a lot. Now, I've always enjoyed them. Most of them. You know, I've enjoyed them, and I've been to many. Every year I used to go to the Koontz family reunion. And if there's any Koontzes out there watching, there might be a few. Uh, I enjoyed them. I say that because I have to. I'm joking. I enjoyed the Koontz family reunions. I always did. We used to go every year. It was the first uh, weekend of June. And I always enjoyed that. I loved it. I used to travel down with my grandma and grandpa. My grandpa loved to go on, and I loved going with him. I loved my grandpa. I miss him very, very much. He was a good, good Christian man. Loved my grandpa, George Evan Coons. Good man of God. Love him so much. Miss him every day. I think about him every day. I really, really do. Good, good man. I used to go with him and with my grandma, too. I used to always go to those. I also have gone to many Danner reunions, and I love those. I love those people. I'm praying right now, every day, for some Danners I know, and I love them. Good, good folks. Good people. I have a, a wonderful Danner boy right here. Good man. Love this man. He's a good guy. Uh, his dad's a good man. Love him, too. And uh, we keep praying for him. And he's prayer right now, physically and everything. Good folks. I love the Danner reunions. Good people. I've been to some Stewart reunions. In fact, that includes a lot of the Danners, because I said the side of the Danners, you know, 
And I've never been to the other side of the family. This is my grandma's family, the Kings. They were, the King was their last name. You probably didn't know I was from royalty, but I was. Her last name was King, her, her maiden name. Uh, in a way, I did, though. Back in 1986, we went down, saw some of her family, and a whole lot of them come together. And so I got to meet them, too. So from the Coons, the Danners, the Stewarts, the Kings, I've got to see them all. And that was a lot of fun, been to those reunions. But someday, there's going to be a greater reunion. Someday, and some of those people will even be there. Some of them will be there, some will not. But someday there will be a great reunion, a true great family reunion. A reunion of the family from the blood. Not, not just talking family bloodline, but the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That will be a great family reunion. Oh, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And that is the title of today's sermon, Day of Rejoicing. There will be a family reunion like we have never seen before. A day of rejoicing when we will get to be with our family. And I'm talking about a family because we've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. What a day of rejoicing when we have a reunion, a reunion that we will be together with the Lord God in heaven. What a day that will be. And that is what this sermon is about, about heaven. And I don't get to talk about it enough. You say, oh, you mentioned heaven here and there and here and there and here and there. Yes, but today is simply about heaven. It is about heaven. And I love talking about heaven because it is a future, a future that we get to look forward to. And so let's talk about heaven. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see, absolutely, sweetheart, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory, the victory. I look forward to that. But will we all get to heaven? Will we all get to heaven? No, we will not all get to heaven. Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about not all people are going to go to heaven. Not all people are going to go to heaven. No. Oh, because you're better than us, Pastor. No, that's not what I'm saying. You know that. No, I'm not saying that. But not all people go to heaven. But doesn't God love all people? Well, of course. Of course God loves all people. You know, if, if you watch Hollywood, you watch people from Hollywood, they like to say that everyone, everyone's going to heaven. The world tells us that. Everyone's going to heaven. I wish that were true. But it's not true. It's not true. Not everyone's going to heaven. In fact, if you watch the movies or TV shows or cartoons even, comic books, everything, everyone goes to heaven. Didn't you know that? Everyone says that. Everyone except for the villains. Except for the bad guys. It depends on the movie because sometimes the villains get a chance. Do they know that? You get to earn your way. That's what they tell you. If we all go to heaven. We all live on a cloud. We all have wings. We play harps. You didn't know this? We all play harps in heaven. Everyone's an angel because of the good works. You didn't know this? These are all biblical facts, quote unquote, for according to Hollywood, but none of this is true. But you'd be surprised by paintings, even Christian paintings sometimes. You'd be surprised. The fact is the Bible doesn't tell us a whole, whole lot about heaven. There's more in the Bible about hell than there is about heaven. There's only some things in the Bible about heaven. And so therefore people have to, uh, and I'm talking uh, in the sense of talking, there's some people have to paint a picture symbolically paint a picture for us to think of what heaven could be when it comes to movies and things. They try to tell us what it's going to be like. And so I understand. Problem is, some of these myths, some of these uh, thoughts start becoming a fact to people in their mind. They start thinking, well, when we get to heaven, it's going to be like this. Well, it's not going to be like this. We don't know. We have to guess. Uh, the truth is, is we should not guess. Um, it's okay. I don't get mad at people for thinking these things are going to be that way. It doesn't make me mad when people say, I'm going to do this in heaven. I'm going to do that in heaven. I get to heaven. I'm going to play on my, my PlayStation all day long. No, you're not going to be on your PlayStation all day long. 
You're not going to be sitting there eating on a lollipop, most likely. I, I seriously doubt that. But the truth be told is, it doesn't make me angry, especially a little child, because they don't know. But we will be happy that we know. Well, we're, we're going to talk about a few things the Bible does tell us, and we're going to talk about what we are going to do for a fact. And, and I have scriptures to talk about all this, but I guarantee I'm not going to get to go through all of it. And that's okay. That's okay. Because if you want some scriptures, I can give it to you later. I can do that. But let's talk about what the Bible does say. Absolutely does say. First of all, we won't be on harps all day. We won't be. Many people will not be going to heaven. Many people will not, but everybody could go to heaven. God made it to where everybody could go to heaven if they chose to. God loves everyone so much. They say, if God loves everyone, they should go to heaven. Well, then they, they could because he came and died for them. We'll talk about this more a little bit later. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll be talking only about that, but not today. We could go to heaven. God made it to where we, it's possible to go to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ and that alone. And we're going to talk about that here in a moment, through that alone. We could go to heaven through Jesus. Many times in movies, you see people going up and down escalators. You've seen that, I'm sure. Going up and down escalators. That's not there either. It's not in the Bible. Uh, and they think that heaven's a place where you cannot have any fun. That's what the world thinks. There's no fun in heaven. Well, the Bible doesn't say that either. But heaven is for the saved by the blood of Jesus and the innocent alone. What does the innocent mean? Well, the Bible says, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So what does that mean? The innocent. We're talking about the innocent age alone. The age of accountability. What is the age of accountability? Well, there must be a magic number uh, of age of accountability. It must be seven, must be four, must be five. Well, the Bible doesn't say. It's not specific about an age. Every age is different for every person. And so we have to know that every child is born innocent. If a baby, God forbid, a baby is to die, and there's many babies, unfortunately, who do in this world, and we know because some of that's because of decisions, and sometimes it's because of a horrible incident, and God forbid we love babies. I love babies. But the fact of the matter is, is unfortunately, there are innocents who die. And when they do, God takes them straight to heaven. Straight to heaven. Praise the Lord God for that. There are other children who leave this world. And if they were to ever not know of the truth, God takes them straight to heaven. Hallelujah. If someone was to die and not know of the truth, God does not judge them. They go straight to heaven. Hallelujah. That age is different for all people, but God knows the heart. He knows the heart and the innocent goes straight to heaven. We're not here to talk about that right now. We've got a couple weeks from now. We'll talk about that. I promise you that. However, we are here to say that heaven is for those who are saved. Whether it be through the blood of Jesus or for those before the age of accountability. And then there is hell. We're not going to talk about hell much, but we will say this. Hell is made for those. Is it made for the people? No. It was made for Satan. It was made for Satan. And it was made for the other fallen angels, too, that we call the demons. That's who it was made for. It was not made. If God loves us, why did he make hell for us? He did not make hell for people. He made it for them. He made it for those, Satan and the demons, the fallen angels. If those people do not ask Jesus Christ into their heart, those lost will go there. The devil is not there now. Neither are the other fallen angels. Uh, it is not Satan's kingdom. It is not his lair. He is not there like a kingdom sitting there on a throne, sitting there saying, ooh, ah. he's not sitting there like that. We see that in movies and cartoons. We see that a lot of times sitting there saying, ooh, and like he's got some kind of little, you know, uh, long thing. We No, no, that's not what he's doing. He's not like that. He doesn't have a kingdom except for what he does here. I guarantee you that. 
It's in the Bible. But let's see what the Bible does say. It says that there is going to be this in Matthew 7, 13 through 15, that there is a narrow, narrow gate. It says, enter at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who are going through it. Talking about hell. Verse 14, because small is the gate and narrow is the way, which leads to life. Talking about heaven. And there are few who find it. Beware. Listen now. This is important. Many people talk about ways to heaven that aren't ways to heaven. Listen to this now. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. There's only one way to heaven. Only one. Only one. And that is Jesus. That's through Jesus Christ. Are we really going to talk about that? Oh, you bet. You bet. You bet. We're going to talk about it because we want people to come to heaven with us. Oh, we don't want to seem like bad people. Bad person would be one who knows the ticket to heaven and doesn't tell them about it. That would be a bad person. That would be a horrible person. Heaven is from through Jesus Christ. And Christ went and prepared a place for us. He went and did that. We know that because in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, he ascended. He ascended into heaven and promised that he'd come back in the same way. And it says in John 3.13, incidentally, he's talking to Nicodemus. This is right before he said that he was the way, the truth, excuse me, right before he said uh, John 3.16. We all know John 3.16. That's right. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. We know all that. Right before he said that, he said this. No one, no one has ascended to heaven except he, talking about himself, he who descended from heaven, even the son of man who is in heaven. He's speaking to Nicodemus about this because he's about to show him that there is one way, one way to heaven, one and only one. Well, that's not fair. Why would he do this? Why is there but one way? There is but one way because there's only one perfection, and that is God himself. That is why. Instead of people always saying, why, why do we have to go through Jesus? Quit saying why and say, why not me? Go through God. God loves you so much that he came to die for you. He's giving you a ticket. I don't understand all these things, you may say. You don't have to understand it. Receive it. I don't understand everything about a plane, but I trust the pilot, and I trust those who take care of it. And so I put my trust in them. I put my trust in the Lord God, the one way to heaven. It says in John 14, 2 and 4, it says this. As the disciples, the 11 disciples that were left, because Judas had already left. Judas had already gone. It says this in John 14, 2-4. Jesus says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive, excuse me, and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may all be also, you know where I am going, and you know the way. Jesus is the way, the only way. He goes on to say in verse 6, and he says this to Thomas, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. There is no other way. And Peter said this to the people when they were talking about salvation in the book of Acts. He's speaking to all the great people. Keep in mind, keep in mind, 
This is whenever it was a time of people starting to speak in tongues, you know, he's bringing all the people to the Lord. He said this in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is no salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Hallelujah. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone. We, the saved, have the ticket. And it's not because of us, but of he who is in us. You could say as the golden blood, white as snow ticket to heaven. Praise the Lord God. And we are to tell others about it. We want them to come with us. We're not going to sit there and say, oh, I got what you want, but I'm not going to give it. No, we want to tell them. We want to tell them. Tell them about it. Not because we're better. Not because we know and we're so much better. No, because we love them. Do it with love, with compassion. We want them to come to heaven. Not because we are great, because he is great. Praise the Lord. The Bible doesn't tell us everything about heaven. But we do know something. So let's talk about what the Bible tells us about heaven. Praise the Lord. What do we know? Well, 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 we know that we're going to have new bodies. Praise the Lord. I'm glad about that. Let me just tell you. I'm glad I'm going to have a brand new body. I like it. I like it. I know what you're thinking. Oh, you got a wonderful body. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But the fact of the matter is, is we are going to have brand new bodies. And for all of you who have these Mortal bodies, these corruptible bodies, these bodies that hurt when you wake up in the morning. Anyway, and maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the one that doesn't have a perfect body. But I personally wake up in pain all the time. I'm one who wakes up in pain, who can't keep the weight down, who can't keep the pain away, who is keeping Tylenol all by himself, is keeping Tylenol uh, with plenty of money. And it's, it's constantly, you're welcome, Tylenol, incidentally. I, I'm the one who's keeping the, the drug, you know, people going because of the fact that I have to keep medicine all the time. Our bodies are falling apart. But when we get to heaven, that's not going to be the way it is anymore. God is going to take care of us. Maybe right now, I know one of our sisters right now is having to get uh, certain works done upon her body. Let me tell you something, sister. Brand new body awaits. My grandfather said it best to me one time. He said, when I get to heaven, he had to have half his foot taken off because of diabetes one time. And he said to me one time, when I get to heaven, a brand new foot awaits me. He said this to me, praise the Lord. And I am so glad, Grandpa, I know right now you have a full foot and then some. Praise the Lord. Right now, any of us who has problems with our body, brother, we're going to have a brand new body. No more shaking around from seizures for me. No more sore backs. No more uh, sore arms and, and, and anything like that. We're going to be whole. We're going to be great. Brand new bodies. Where do we find that, Pastor? Where is that in the Bible? Let me tell you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, from where also we await for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our body of humiliation so that it may be Conform to his glorious body according to the working of his power, even to subdue all things to himself. Now, this is not figurative. Yes, it's spiritual and literal. True, sometimes the Bible does talk about figurative things. Sometimes it talks about literal things. And sometimes it talks about um, things that they're painting a picture of. It's talking about things in such a way that it's being symbolic. In this case, 
It's being both literal and figurative, and or excuse me, and symbolic and figurative, all these things at once. But it's mostly spiritual and it's also literal. When we get there, we're going to have a new spiritual body and a literal new body someday. When well, we'll get this in a minute, but when heaven and earth becomes one, we'll talk about that here in a moment. Also, in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, you can write this down. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verses forty through fifty-two, and I will try to read them as much as I can. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly ones. There is a splendor of the sun, another of the moon, and another of the stars. In fact, one star differs from another star in splendor. So it is with the resurrection of the dead, sown in corruption, raised in incorruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power. Sown, in an, uh, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. There, If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not the first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. Like the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. Like the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. We will be changed. Praise the Lord God. We're going to be changed. God has already made it so because we are saved. Not by our works, but by his. We're to be changed. Number two, number two, the other things, not just new bodies, that's number one. Number two, in heaven, we're not going to be married. We're not going to be married to our spouse. Not going to happen. There was a question brought to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, and they asked him, they asked him who was going to be their wife because it had more than one. And he said, no, you're not going to be married in heaven. It's not going to be that way. Now, for some people, this might be great news. For some, this might be bad news. I don't know. But let me tell you something. But let me tell you something. You're not going to be married in heaven. It doesn't mean you're not going to recognize your spouse. It doesn't mean that. You will know them, but it doesn't mean that you're going, uh, that you're going to be married. It's not going to be that way. It will be a whole different type of relationship. That's an earthly thing. That's done. That's done. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. You're going to know them. You'll know them. But that part is something from earth. When we're in heaven, completely different. I have no doubt that my mom's going to know who my father is. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. But I do know this. It will not be the same type of relationship. Brother and sister in Christ. And that is going to be wonderful. Something that, quite frankly, the type of love that people have here on earth cannot even begin to understand. It's going to be wonderful. Wonderful. We'll move on here. Number three, we will recognize our loved ones. Absolutely, we will recognize our loved ones. Some people ask that question and they sometimes say to other 
brothers in Christ and other sisters in Christ, will we recognize one another? Yes, yes, we'll recognize one another. Some say, well, I don't haven't seen that scripture that say, uh, thou shalt recognize one another. Here's the thing. It does not say thou shalt recognize one another. It doesn't say that. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be found here and there. It's not. However, you can see in other scriptures where it says it. And I'll, I'll tell you where. First of all, you know it will happen. Sometimes it just takes common sense. But you can see it because we see that Moses and Elijah was recognized in Matthew chapter 17 on the Mount Transfiguration. They were recognized. Now, granted, it was seen by Peter, James, and John, and they were here on this earth, but Jesus knew them too, and they were spirits. And so, yes, they were recognized. We recognized who they were. They knew who they were. Second of all, David. David said in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, he was speaking about his son who he lost. I'm assuming he's talking about his infant, who of uh, his and Bathsheba. He was speaking about his son, and he said that he would see him someday again when he went to heaven. So, yes, he would know who his son was. Then, uh, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, it speaks about a feast in heaven, about a banquet. While they're at that banquet, they're speaking about the banquet of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, in reality, Jesus is speaking to the Hebrews. He's speaking to them about the fact that they're not the only ones going to be there, talking about the people, the, the Israelites. He's speaking about there's going to be other people from the east and north and all who are going to be there. Uh, in heaven. But that being said, go back to the beginning of that. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The family, the grandfather, the father, the son, they're going to be there together, knowing one another. How wonderful. It made me believe and think about my daddy, about my grandfather, about me, about others, all these generational people going to be there knowing one another. Then when the 11 disciples were with Christ, who I mentioned earlier, Jesus said to them, I drink it new with you. He would not drink any more from the vine, he said. He said, and this, um, I won't mention where it's at. He says, I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom, Matthew 26, verse 29. He said he would drink it with them. He would drink with them new in heaven. He would recognize them, they with him. There's other people, many other people in the Bible who we would recognize. It talks about it throughout the Bible that David would be known in heaven. Others will be known in heaven. And yes, gathered souls, gathered souls, the saved will be in heaven. This is mentioned in Hebrews 12, 23. It talks about the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. That is to say the spirit of the righteous made perfect in community together. We are going to be together, called up together. We're going to be together in heaven. We're going to know one another. I can tell you right now, yes, We've heard of people who've had visions. We've heard of people who have had dreams. We've heard of people who had dreams of heaven, visions of heaven. You already know I've had visions of heaven. Now, that was a thing for personally for me. There are some people who believe they've been to heaven. Now, I don't know about that. I'm not going to say they have. I'm not going to say they haven't. That's not for me. It's between them and the Lord. I know I've personally had a vision. For me, I've told you about it. I've had more than one. I've had dreams of heaven. I do know this. Whether we have, whether we haven't, I do know that when I get to heaven, I am going to see the people I know. I'm going to see each and every one of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. We are going to party, not like it's 1999. We're going to party like for eternity because we are going to be there. We're going to be there celebrating the fact that we are there to serve the Lord God and celebrate forever and ever, and it's never going to stop. Hallelujah. Because there are promises in the Word of God. 
promises that we know that we know are going to come true because all of his promises have and they will continue to come true. And before I start to dance, I better continue to go on. There are promises. Promises of what? Things that we've heard of a million times over. Let's go through them. White robes. Have you heard of white robes in heaven? Yes, it's in the Bible. White robes. We are there to serve him. Maybe, whoa, 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 what? Serve him? Yes, we're there to serve the Lord God. We're not there to serve self. The angels aren't going to be our slaves bringing us grapes and serving us. And many people think that we're going to be there to be lazy. But we'll talk about that here in a second. No more pain in heaven. No more death. No more pain. No more sickness. We talked about new bodies. No more pain. Isn't that going to be wonderful? Sorry, Todd and all. Not going to happen anymore, bub. I No more pain. Hallelujah. No more pain. I can't wait for that. Isn't that going to be great? That'll be wonderful. No more pain. No more hunger and thirst. That'll be nice, too. That'll be real nice. No more hunger. No more thirst. No more tears. No more tears. How wonderful. No more tears. No more sorrow. There will be a throne of God and a throne of Jesus. Hallelujah. We've heard so many times of different things that people that paint the cities, you know, we've heard about it. I'm sure you've heard of the streets of gold, the pearly gates, the crystal sea, crowns. You've heard of all these things that people talk about. Let's talk about some of these things. The book of Revelation. We'll talk about some of that next week, I promise. The book of Revelation, though, chapter 7, 13 through 7. Those are the verses we're going to talk about real quick. Let's see what it says. Let's see what it says. Then... Now, keep in mind, this is John talking. Then one of the elders asked me, who are these clothed in white robes and where did they come from? I said to him, sir, you know, he said to me, these are those who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore, nor they thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them, and he will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, there is no way to go through all the book of Revelation. There's just no way. There's just too much. There's too much of what is going to come. There's too much to talk about. And there's too much that we don't know. Too much that we can't even begin to comprehend. But we talk about a few things. Kingdom of God that is about to come about. Uh, will be upon us. The kingdom of God and all its glory that we will see in heaven. We are going to see so much in heaven. Our brains can't even comprehend everything that we're going to have in heaven. And much of it will not happen until after the time of the end times, when heaven and earth will become one, and they will become one. When people hear about earth, they begin, in the new earth, they begin to get scared when they talk about Revelation, and we'll talk about some of that next week. And the fact of the matter is, there's really no reason to be afraid. You have no reason to be afraid. Absolutely, saved ones. No reason to be afraid. And in truth, we have no reason to be afraid because there will be a new heaven and a new earth and they'll become one. And this will be the everlasting eternal place for us to live. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing at all. 
just serve the Lord Jesus and you've got nothing to be afraid of at all. This kingdom of heaven, it talks about in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, and verses, uh, excuse me, and chapter 22, which we'll talk about that too. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Look, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. They shall be no, excuse me, there shall be no more death, neither shall there be any more sorrow, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. Praise the Lord. Chapter 22, verse 1 through 5. Then he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of the street, on east side of the river was a tree of life, which bore twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. I'm going to stop for just a second. Uh, first of all, what does that mean? No more curse, no more curse, no more curse. The curse was brought when Adam and Eve sinned. No more curse. It's all over. God finally brought it to an end. By the way, this all happened when Christ died on the cross. It all started then. Jesus has already got it taken care of. It's already taken care of. And his servants shall serve him. We're going to serve the Lord God. Wait a minute. We're going to heaven to serve? This doesn't sound fun. Let me tell you something. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful to serve the Lord God. And I'm going to tell you something. If we here on earth are not serving the Lord God, we've got something wrong with us. We need to look at what we're doing here on this earth. If we can't find joy in serving the Lord, then we need to truly look at ourselves. We need to find joy in serving the Lord Jesus Christ because we need to be getting prepared, prepared for when we go to be with the Lord in heaven. We need to find joy in serving Jesus Christ. I am glad to see people who find joy in the Lord being here in church, finding joy in serving Jesus, because one day that will be what we do is serve the Lord God. And when people start squirming around, not wanting to serve the Lord, and they say there's no joy in serving God, then you need to start to look at your heart and say, what's wrong here? What is wrong? Because that will be our final thing to do, but to serve God for eternity. Serving God will be what we do forever and ever and ever. I don't want to serve God forever and work like a slave and have sweat come down. Folks, we're not going to be in physical pain. And that's not the kind of serving we're talking about. He's not going to be up there hitting us with a whip. It isn't going to be like that. I can promise you that. But let's go on from here. Verse 4. And his servants shall serve him. Verse 4. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their forehead. Night shall be no more. They need no lamp, nor the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Billy Graham once said this in one of the prayers of the day that he had. 
Whatever I face, Lord, my heart rejoices in the knowledge of my ultimate destination, heaven, where I will live with you for eternity. We should be able to have joy knowing where we're going. We should be able to have joy knowing that God has everything under control, that God has a place for us. He has prepared a place for us in heaven. He has prepared a place for us. There are many other things that the Bible talks about in heaven. He has a throne in which he is sitting. He is waiting for us to come to him. He has a mansion for us in heaven. He has a crown for us to wear. It talks about stars in the crown. Let me tell you something. I seriously doubt that that is literal. I seriously doubt that literally you have literal stars in your crown. I imagine it's, it's being figurative there. I imagine you're not going to have literal. So I can't imagine you trying to carry a crown with stars on it. I can't imagine that. But I will say this. Whatever it means, whatever John was saying, whatever it means, I can tell you this, that God has things for you. He has rewards for you. You may get nervous when it talks about you standing before the Lord and answering for things. You don't need to be concerned about it. God's got it taken care of. God's got it taken care of. Heaven is going to be a beautiful place for all of us to be together. And together we will come in what a day of rejoicing as we celebrate the Lord forever and ever and ever. No more pain. No more sorrow. We will be with the Lord God. All pain gone. Nothing but joy. Nothing but joy. As a little kid, I used to think of the things that made me happy. Rather be toys. Rather be going to worlds of fun. And my dad used to say to me, son, think about all the fun you have at Disney World, the worlds of fun, and at the time, KB toys, all that kind of stuff. He said, think of all the fun that you can think of. Put it all together. And it doesn't even begin to explain the kind of fun forever and ever you're going to have in heaven. So I say this to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever fun you have here on earth, whatever joy you find here on earth, it is nothing compared to the joy you will have forever. Serving the Lord God in heaven. Being together as we celebrate and glorify his name forever in heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Amen. Amen. Let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you that you came to this earth and made it possible for us to have the ticket, the ticket to go to heaven. Lord God, if there be anyone here today who doesn't know you as an Lord and Savior, if there be anyone who's home right now watching, who hasn't asked you to save them of their sins, maybe they don't understand it. Lord, I pray that today the Holy Spirit will come. Remove all misunderstanding. Lord God, I pray they will remove it. I pray that they will understand that they need to pray the prayer of salvation. That they will become your child today. That they will come into heaven, Lord God, with you. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, this be the day that they be saved. I pray, Lord God, that the day will come where we will all be with you 
in heaven forever and ever. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you that we could be here today, Lord God. And we rejoice today that we can be in your home. But Lord God, we thank you even more so for the day that is coming. The day that we could be in your true home, your kingdom, forever, that will never end. And we thank you for the joy that we have now, knowing for the upcoming joy, the eternal joy, that will never end. We pray this in Jesus' most holy and precious name. Amen.